Welcome to Reveal, the Revenue Intelligence Podcast powered by Gong. We're your hosts, Devin Reed. And I'm Sheena Badani. Revenue intelligence is a new way of operating based on customer reality instead of opinions, making data-driven decisions based on facts instead of opinions or guesswork. And it's made up of three success pillars, people intelligence, deal intelligence, and market intelligence. You know, the things all revenue teams need and care about. Every week, we interview senior revenue professionals and share their stories and insights on how they leverage revenue intelligence to drive success and win their market. You'll hear how modern go-to-market teams win as a team, close revenue with critical deal insight, and execute their strategic initiatives, plus all the challenges that come along with it. So, Sheena, when I do some word association with the company 3M, I get taken back to my grandfather. He was my entry point into sales. He was a uh, medical device field salesperson back in the 90s, uh, probably until the early 2000s. And um, I always remember him going out on road trips, and it was cool because I was quite young at the time. He would come back with the like the demo uh, kits, so things like stethoscopes and whatever that little hammer is to like hit your knee. You know, so you mm-hmm. have reflexes. So I'd always, um, he would always joke with me. I didn't know at the time. He'd come back and say, yeah, no one wanted to buy this thing. Will you take it off my hands? And he would let me and my little brother, you know, play with this medical device. So um, I still think I have the stethoscope. It is ironically in gong purple, but I don't have the hammer anymore. I might have lost it to my brother. 3M, you know, 3M is such an interesting company. And speaking of word associations, like if you thought of like one of the few companies that represented 20 20 and the crazy year that we had with COVID, um, 3M is definitely one of those. Um, you know, they sure. were such a critical organization um, manufacturing the PPE and respirators and so many other items that were critical to get the world, um, you know, in a better place. So very, very interesting stuff that they're up to, not only in terms of like what they're manufacturing and what they're creating for the world, uh, but also in their ability to quickly respond And in a year where there was so much unknown, there was so many questions, there were so many challenges, the ability to take that uncertainty and quickly iterate, even with imperfect information and imperfect data on how do we help take our employees and level them up so that we can respond to what's going on in the market was quite interesting. Yeah, but most definitely. And, uh, you know, I, I had an early uh, interaction with a 3M brand through my story I shared. And then my recent one in 2020 was with uh, Drew Moldenhauer, who uh, who walked us through his, you know, their transition and some of the things they did from like a people perspective process, the technology he rolled out. So I had a good time hanging out with Drew and learning, you know, kind of like you said, it's not about having all the right answers, but it was a cool conversation just to hear, you know, how they were viewing these different problems and these different components and some of the training and enablement he put into place to help his team make that transition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, interesting enough, you know, sometimes you think of your field sellers as your more most experienced, the reps that know everything. Um, in this situation, uh, Drew was able to take a lot of learnings from his work with 3M's inside sales team and utilize those to help digitally transform, you know, for lack of better words, their field team. So quite, you know, I think it was a really interesting way to take learnings from like typically more junior teams um, and take that now to your experienced sellers. For sure. For sure. Whether you call it 
hybrid or virtual sales, digital sales. Uh, it's all kind of one and the same now. And so Drew has some good insights for us. So let's get into it with Drew. Welcome to Reveal. We're super excited to have you here today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So first off, I just uh, wanted to call out, you know, you're, you're at 3M, a major producer mm-hmm. of PPE, including N95 masks that have been highly, highly, highly vital this year. Um, we just want to take a moment and thank you and your organization for everything that you've been doing for frontline workers. Like we are so appreciative. Safety is the number one priority and anything 3M can do to help. And it's been a lot of pride this year to be working for them and, and, and all the work that we've been doing and, and definitely takes a, a, the entire team, entire group globally. So I appreciate that. So speaking of 3M, can you tell us a little bit more about what you're focused on and, and your current role there? Yeah, so it's uh, it's been ride uh, this year. I I, I was a, a an inside sales rep um, for um, uh, my first two years, and I was actually working in the medical solutions division. Um, and, and tell you what, we didn't I didn't really talk about masks that much when I was in that role. Um, it, it was uh, it was always there, but we never really talked about it, right? So then um, I was uh, promoted within our uh, sales enterprise operations inside sales leadership to. Uh, be the, the technology leader. And one of the, the reasons I moved into that role was in June of 2019, uh, we um, started exploring video um, software and being able to um, sell over video. And uh, I was one of the more early adopters and kind of like, hey, these video call things, we can connect with customers because in inside sales, you, you don't, you, you can't, you're not going out and seeing customers, right? You're, you're doing a lot of it over the phone. So that made product like demoing and product training a little more difficult. So when we got these video calling softwares, I kind of got after it and um, I came up with some plans like, Hey, this could be used. I mean, and I, and I laugh about this all the time. It's when I first took the job in December of 2019, I said, yeah, I I think one of my goals is that within the next five, 10 years that we're going to, everyone in our group is going to be really comfortable doing this. Uh, We're going to be doing a lot of video calls and, and then it all. Then uh, COVID happened, and we all got pretty good at video calls. So um, my my official title is uh, Inside Sales Technology Leader, uh, and that encompasses um, um, sales operations in terms of uh, uh, analytics, data, uh, CRM, tech stack, um, helping frontline leaders, helping business leaders uh, design processes for reps and. Uh, the job got very crazy and a, a lot going around after COVID because all the stuff that I'd been kind of doing was, yeah, we're going to get there. It all got ramped up. We need to do it. The five-year plan got taken into a six-month thing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. And we're going to spend a good amount of our time today diving into that transition, some of the things you've learned. But before we do, I think the biggest question on everyone's mind, because we know that you're a Star Wars fan, uh, and I want to ask you a very controversial question, Drew. Um, when it comes to The Mandalorian, are you sticking with Baby Yoda as the child, or are you going with Grogu, or are we just informally calling it Baby Yoda? Well, I, I think it depends. On your, this is, so this is, depends on who you're talking to, right? This is how you can weed out the, ooh, the, I like the, I like the Mandalorian. You can weed out those people from the actual true fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, like my wife, my wife knows about the Mandalorian. She watched some episodes. So when we're talking about, we're talking about the child, we, I refer to it as baby Yoda. But when I'm talking to the true fans, I mean, you got to go with the real name, Grogu. And that was the big reveal, right? And yeah. 
spoiler alert for anyone listening, if you're not caught up, some, some stuff happened. And, um, and you could see how happy in the episode when he got called his name, his ears all perked up. And that was, I was bringing tears to my eyes. So I, I, it's, I, I to answer your question, I'm going to go back and forth for a while. Uh, and, and, but I, I think the show's so good. Everyone's going to, everyone has to watch it. If you're not watching it, you got to watch it. It's, it's, it's a really good combination of Star Wars lore and just new stuff. And it's such a good show. I may be the odd one out in this virtual room, but I have never seen a Star Wars movie or show or anything Star Wars related. <laughs> my my five year old is really into Star Wars. Like at least from he's read some of the books. He loves reading the books. So maybe that will be the forcing function, and I will finally have to get into it. Let's see. For for not knowing the for not knowing Star Wars, the fact that you use forcing function, there's a little wordplay in there for some of our Star Wars <laughs> folks. So I'll just I'll just leave it at that and we can we can move on. <laughs> and Drew, you are no um uh, you know, it, it's this is not a first time you've been on air by any means. Actually mm-hmm. in college you were at the University of Wisconsin and you were an on air host for your college radio station. Sounds pretty yes. cool. Can you tell yes. us like a little bit about that and any advice that you have for podcast hosts like us. Yeah. So I, uh, in college, um, I, when I was in high school, I was involved in sports and stuff. And when you get to college, you, I was involved a bunch of stuff. You're in college. It's like, okay, you're on your own. You're not doing the high school sports thing. You should get involved with stuff. Right. That was a, uh, something I wanted to do is I want to get involved with a, a club or something. And I went to the career fair and uh, they had a, uh, they had a radio station and I asked someone like, yeah, you can have your own radio sh- uh, show. I was like, really? And like, yeah, you design it. It'd be cool. I was like, all right, this sounds awesome. And I, I uh, designed a show. It was called the Moldenhauer Hour. Uh, I got a co-host, and uh, it started as kind of a DJing music hour, and it turned into sports and then variety. And then we did, and I did it all four years, and uh, it was an absolute blast. Uh, and I, I learned a lot, and uh, it, it's, I, I still think about those times all the time cause it was so much fun. And, uh, in terms of advice, I'm sure you guys are far better than I ever was, but, um, I, I was pretty proud of the name, the Molden hour hour that uh, people did dig that. So, um, <laughs> but, but no, those, those are good times. And, uh, it's, uh, you don't think about, you learn a lot when you have that much fun, but I always, even my professional life now, I always think about back in college, some of the things I learned the most about was designing this show and mm-hmm. writing outlines and processes and organizing guests. And those are things that you, when you're in your adult years, you're doing all the time at work. So, um, and I'm sure you guys do that with the show too. So it's, yeah, I, I don't think I appreciate it as much as I should have when I was doing it, but looking back, it was a blast and one of the best decisions I ever made. So. It yeah. seems like you might be a marketer at heart too. But then, uh... Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, diving more into, I guess, the sales part, which we, which we should get into. Uh, is, Maybe a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> uh, the, the role of field sales has obviously gone through a huge change since March. I would love to hear from you, you know, if you could tell us what a typical 3M field sales reps day looked like before COVID and maybe what it looks like now. Yeah, so it, it was always it was interesting to me. I mean, 3M, the people who work in our field, they're the best of the best. Uh, coming in at 3M as a younger person, and my field reps, I, I learned so much from them. And, and, and really, 3M culture is about and when you're in sales, taking care of your customers and using our products to uh, to improve uh, their their facilities, their customers. And, it was just always something where I came in and I meet with these field reps and they were, they were the ones on the boots on the ground and going to see people. 
I just had so much respect and just tremendous admiration of uh, the way that they go about this and the way that they approach sales. And when COVID happened, and so before COVID, it was a lot of, um, um, I mean, traveling, going to see people and going in front of people and demonstrating our products and, and, and organizing and things like that. And 3M, we have so many different divisions. So it was a little bit different for each division, but the kind of the culture and the baseline of, hey, we're, we're, we're here selling and we're trying to make money for the company, but our first priority is putting products in the um, hands of our customers that make sense and that are going to improve their, their lives and their, their facilities. So that was always the big message. So COVID happens and everything changed. I mean, we, we couldn't travel. We couldn't get, reps couldn't get on a plane and go see customers. And at the time there were different, different, there was not, if you remember back in March, we think about it, it feels like 10 years ago, but there's lots of information on what was real, what wasn't And some areas were getting hit harder. And it was, so it was crazy. Uh, and so everything changed and 3M made some decisions on blocking travel and, and things like that. And everything changed in the way we did business. But the coolest part for me was seeing that, Hey, the way we're going to do this is going to change and it's going to be hard, but that, that, that baseline of, Hey, we're still going to help customers that stayed the same. And that's been kind of the guiding hand as the changes have gone through. So when this happens in March, I was put on a committee of a project of, of inside sales leaders globally to kind of go to different divisions to train field leaders on a uh, video conference calling. This, this, is, this is the way we continue to service our customers, improve their lives and their facilities. Right. Right. And so we go in and uh, I, I do my thing and um, I'd always open it up with, Hey, technology, we're going to figure out the technology, right? That's not the most important part. There's 10,000 different video conference calling tools, right? And what, what will happen is you're going to get caught up on wanting to be perfect in the technology and in the screen and whatnot. That's, that's what everyone gets caught up in. But I'm here to say that the technology is, the, is the, we're going to figure out how to make that dance but still the most important part is your sales acumen and the, what you say on the phone and how you approach it. It's different. You're not in front of people and it's over a screen and it's probably really, really weird, but the, it, don't get caught up in the tools and, 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 and using all this cool stuff. You, you run your style just like you did in person with that guiding mission of, Hey, you're here to help. You're here to use products to improve things. So that's a very long answer. And I'm sure I'm rambling, but before it was, we were going out and seeing people. It happens. Everything changes, but the mission remained the same. Uh, and and we transitioned and we, and we got creative. And and, and and technology was a massive part of that. So, Drew, I'm curious. So I've been an inside seller always, and then I learned, you know, yeah. as I kind of graduated the ranks a bit, you go learn to meet folks in person. Mm-hmm. For the folks you're talking about, I imagine it was, it's obviously the reverse. I'm curious what like the biggest, maybe like apprehensions were, or maybe just kind of concerns. And the reason I asked that is like, what were some of the like skill gaps or maybe just the mental, you know, kind of the mental gaps that you helped the team get through to help them transition and go, Hey, let's instill some confidence here. Like you were saying, you've got the skills. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious kind of what those, those like speed bumps were, some of those hesitations maybe. When I, when I first started thinking about it and I was involved in the project, I, I, I went back and forth and I, and I talked to some people out in the field and, and people that I trusted and was like, Hey, what do you, what do you, what do you thought on this? And I, my first thing, it was like the technology is going to be too difficult, right? It, we have how many different video calling tools at 3M. We have some of the ones we use, but the customers have their own. I thought that was going to be the hardest part of, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know how to share my screen, share my audio, but that as I started talking to people and, and as I started doing this, it quickly became that actually it was a mental thing. It was, this is not the same as what I was doing in person. And what I did in person, I know worked. Now I'm doing something absolutely different. And I have no proof that this works. I got this guy from named Drew that's telling me it's going to work, but I've never met him before. And so I, how do I know that this will work? And I think one of the, and, and I always just felt that on these trainings as I was doing them daily with different people, if I could cut no one without straight up saying does this work Drew, but I could kind of feel it like, yeah, he, he's giving us tips and, and he's showing and he's telling us, Hey, you guys can be confident. You can run your big book of business through this. But I always feel that. And then on one of the calls, it was actually with a bunch of sales reps. Someone just called it out and said, Hey, does this work? Is this going to work? Is this worth our time figuring out? Or is this, and, and I was like kind of taken back. And I, and, and I, and I said, Hey, I, I'm, I did this and I, and I tried this and I felt like it worked and it, it wasn't about the technology. It, it was about the, the, the idea of, I'm going to try this and I'm going to use this as a stream to get to my customers. And there's some un- uncomfortability, but my style didn't change my, when I did this and your style doesn't change either. And you know that your style works in person. And right now we can't go in person, just get on there and you have to try. And, and that was kind of the message of this is what, where we're at. It doesn't matter if you think it's going to work or not, but you know what you did in person work and you know, you have the skill set. So just apply that to the technology and, and, and I'm happy to say looking way back on that was way in April, March, I mean, we're in December and it definitely has worked and we transitioned very nicely. And it's, it's, it's very cool to see some of the people that were so apprehensive and I do calls with them now and they're, they're, they're using, they're, they're just, everyone's so comfortable now. And it, that's been a cool part to see. So. All right, everyone. In every episode, we have a data breakout, a quick sidebar to look at the data. Nobody knows exactly what selling will look like after COVID. Will we go back to traditional field sales or will sales teams continue to operate virtually? Well, according to Gartner, 74% of companies plan to permanently shift to more remote work after COVID. That's huge. That means that even if your organization is planning on sending reps back into the field, there's a good chance that many buyers won't be working out of a traditional office the skills needed to sell won't be an either-or proposition. Success in sales may require the ability to sell both in person and remotely. Stay tuned to the micro action at the end of the episode for tips to help your team flex to whatever the future may bring. Beyond kind of helping your field reps get in that right mental state, were there any other processes or initiatives you put in place to help these field sellers uh, with this transition? Yeah, so... one of the things was I was a leader on the inside sales org. So when I was going to these, these field groups, I, I necessarily, I didn't have any background with them. I was just uh, part of this committee that we're going in to help. So it's not like I would, I would train and then I'd leave and there, and there wasn't really ever follow up. So one of the things that I did is um, I started design designing things that I could leave behind and call them leave behind. So I, I created some channels uh, just short, quick videos and not these long training videos on how to do it. If I was a sales rep, and we all know sales reps, we have, myself included, we have such short attention spans. So I just started creating as many videos, as many job aids as possible. And that was kind of my lead behind of, hey, these are, 
I'm going, I'm, I'm not involved in your org. I'm not going to be back. I'm doing this training and, and, and kind of going, but here's, every, here's a, a list of resources that we have. And it was kind of cool because at the time, and this is all happening, we didn't have any of that. We were launching a few different video conference calling tools. And I, I remember saying, I'm like, I think we need these. Am I allowed to just create them and send them? And as I got the permission, I did it. And I, I, feel, I, I see them pop up around the org every now and again, like, oh yeah, I saw you that training video. I said, yeah, all right, it got passed around. So that was a helpful um, way to go about that. Uh, so, yeah. Instead of the, uh, you know, Moldenhauer hour for the longer form content, you're sending around like a minute with Moldenhauer, you know what I mean? These yeah, short snackable <laughs> videos. <laughs> yeah. A minute with Moldenhauer covering how to share your screen. Uh, <laughs> doing a, a video call not as exciting as the old mold hour hour that's for sure <laughs> i love the initiative and kind of creativity that you put in place there you know like how can i just take action now and help out my team um you know not sticking to like what's tried and true but like okay there's a new format there's a there's new mm -hmm. content like what's what can i create that's maybe different from what was being done before to support the org uh, I'm going to give credit to my, my wife on that. It, it, when I, when this was happening, she's a teacher, eighth grade math teacher, and she had to transition within a week to be an at-home teacher, right? So I saw the way she was getting creative with, with teaching and stuff. And, I, and, and and not just her. I mean, there's I think that's been maybe a silver, not a, like a very positive thing about COVID is people are getting creative in the way they communicate, the way they teach. So seeing her in the way, and my mom too, and my, even uh, – She's a teacher as well, a choir teacher. So getting creative in the way around uh, they were teaching. And I, I kind of took that and was like, yeah, uh, if I can do things like that it, and in my sessions and get more creative uh, in, in that aspect. So it's it's been cool to see people close to me and people are all around the world getting creative in this, this crazy, horrible time. Uh, so that was kind of the inspiration. I was like, yeah, let's get creative in the way we do these things. So, yeah. It sounds a little cliche, right? But like new problems breed new solutions. And it is cool yeah, to see exactly. how we can get creative um, despite having our back against the wall and, and put there quickly. And I imagine too, it's probably a bit of, um, you know, kind of serendipitous, like your wife's in the other room figuring it out. So you kind of have like a test subject right there where you can be like, yeah. I am definitely not going to bring that to the sales team, yep. but this other thing worked. So that that's really cool how that came came together for you. Yeah, no, and, and, and I mean, the, the biggest winner of, of the whole thing in the, in the Moldenauer household is our dog because we used to both go into work and, and, and we're here all the time just on, in the home office. So she's, she's the biggest winner watching us both get creative with video calling and stuff. So. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Drew, you're probably in touch with other organizations and kind of have a pulse on like what other companies' field sales orgs are doing today. What do you mm -hmm. think is not working for them and what are they still doing in this new environment that they should stop doing? The, the over engineering of, of, of technology and, 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 and three, we've done actually a pretty good job of keeping things simple. And, 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 and that's, that's, that's been cool uh, to see, but I've seen other companies and talking with people and, and people within my network. And I've gone to a, a few different like round tables of, of sharing of, trying to learn from different companies at similar 3M, it seems some of the problems we get into is in kind of rounding my point in the game is we get really caught up in the kind of technology we're using. We get really caught up in the brand of video calling tool we're using. And then we get like, Oh yeah, we, we love Microsoft teams. We, teams is so much better. We need to use that. Wait, no, we need to use zoom. No, no Google meets. That's where it's at. <laughs> and 
and there's so much time spent around like, okay, we need to use 150% of this technology and we need to use it. We need to, and that can lead to a lot of over-engineering and that can overwhelm some people, right? That are like, okay, I'm getting this, this tool. It's, I, I just want to connect with my customer and I, I have to do all these things and I'm being told that this is the way it's going to work. And, and I think that has, I think that has, has hurt a lot of people, especially people that are self-admitted around, like I'm not the most technical savvy, but I, I still want to do my job and I still want to help my customers. Um, can you just show me the simplest way to do that? I don't really care if it's Zoom, Google, Teams, whatever, right? It's, uh, so that, that's been something I've heard of uh, quite often. Um, and I think that was just prevalent of we made this massive change so quick and that's some of the reactions I've got. And well, yeah. Having been a salesperson, there's a lot of metrics that get thrown around. Uh, there's always, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat heated conversations either in rooms, uh, you know, conference yeah. rooms or LinkedIn uh, and everywhere in between in terms of which are the right ones to look at and which are the wrong ones mm-hmm. to look at. And some get more heat than others. I'm very much interested in how these metrics specifically around, you know, as they correlate to rep success and, and revenue success. Um but I have to imagine, as we've talked about a lot of change in March, April, I wonder if your KPIs changed at all, maybe, again, at the rep level, leadership level, in regards to, you know, having gone remote. Yeah, it's a, that's a really interesting question. And, and it's always funny thinking about how, and this, we've been talking about this time, it's funny to think about life and, and metrics and data before COVID and how everything's just ramped up. I would say in terms of change, when COVID happened and basically it kind of settled in that this is, this isn't going away. Uh, this is, this is a long-term thing. I think that everyone ramped up on, we need to figure out what's the best way to measure in this new world. We need to figure out what this new world looks like. So diving into data, uh, getting, uh, being strategic about accounts, that were, what's it look like? It was, it was like everyone was trying to find that magical equation of this is, this is what the new world's going to look like. And this is how we got to measure. And there were a lot of good ideas. And, and where we landed on was that, you know what, just because, I mean, this is, this has been a crazy, crazy, crazy change of everything. Right. And and the, the biggest change that we had in our metric was not really anything to be completely honest. We kept our, it was about selling for us. I, I think the one thing that we started tracking a lot more closely is video calls. Uh, we were, we were tracking what customers were engaging with us in video calls. Um, and that was always really unique to see because there's some markets where it was like, yeah, these type of customers would never do video calls with us. But then it was fun to see, okay, wait, we just saw one from that area that, all right, that that's, that's a telling sign that people are getting comfortable with the technology there. So that in terms of change, I, we didn't change anything, but I know people just started looking closer because everyone, and it's, it's not like it was a panic, but it was, okay, the world is absolutely different now. And we need to start to figure out what, how, how to plan for the future and how to navigate this, this, this new world of selling. Um, so uh, that answer the question, uh, once again, I, 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 it's, it's a very difficult question to answer, but that answer it did. And I think 
I'm asking you a bunch of tough questions because we're still in the middle of a transition and I'm very mindful. Yeah, of that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we're talking about the, the topic is, you know, the, you know, capital T's the transition, if you will. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not expecting, yeah. you know, you know, we have it all figured out answers by any means. Yeah. I don't think listeners are either. But what I am hearing is, you know, you said, hey, moving to video, right? You know, a few minutes back, mm-hmm. we're talking about moving to video was the, was a big change for you guys. And mm-hmm. so therefore you're looking at are people showing up to video calls? Like let's start measuring yep. the change that we're seeing. The heightened change is where we should put our, you know, magnifying glass. And that might yep. be for inside sales orgs. People are showing up to video calls all the time, but maybe it's oh, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's just simple show rates or, you know, it could be conversion rates if, if deals are slowing mm-hmm. down, right? So I, I do like your answer and I think it is again just focus on where the change was and don't try to overcomplicate things, which is something you mentioned as well. And, and, and you said something really like there. I don't think anyone has this figured out. I don't think, I don't think, there would be, I don't think there's a company out there. Maybe Jeff Bezos does it. Amazon, I don't know, but I don't <laughs> think anyone has this, this new world figured out. And, he, and if anyone says they do, I, I'd, I'd really question and challenge it because right. this is an ever changing thing and, and it's going to be this way for a while. So I, what is encouraging is people are curious and, and people are trying to figure it out. And I think that's the, the first step is that we, we need to, to, to keep working and keep adjusting and, and keep planning. Cause as we've seen this, this thing keeps just changing and it's during that daily. So uh, yeah, I don't think anyone really has this figured out. I don't know if anyone will and eventually the dust will settle. And then maybe we look back and say, yeah, maybe we could have figured this out a little sooner, but not right now. We don't. So. I like that. Just very positive down to earth mentality, Drew. I, I really yeah. do. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm wondering if you have any consistent KPIs that you lean on that are indicative of success, either at the org level or the rep level. So it, it, it's, it's because there's so many different divisions and, it, and like I said, it's, it depends on market, right? But I would say actually my favorite, and this was even before working at, at 3M, my favorite KPI or metric to look at is, is call duration. Um, and, and the reason it is, is because I think it's pretty difficult to, on, on sales calls and in video calls, I think it's pretty difficult to, to, um, it's, I think in my brain, the most clean metric because it's difficult to kind of manipulate it. I'm not saying sales reps manipulate metrics, but I mean, sometimes people check the box. It's pretty difficult to, to get away with checking the box on call duration. And you can go 10,000 different ways with it because, having a too long a call duration maybe means you're not having really targeted conversations and, um, and uh, maybe you're not being as efficient, but having short conversations is maybe you're not explaining yourself the best. So that's always a, a chart that when, when things are getting crazy, I always, I'll go to that and, and you have to look at it in different ways, depending what market and what, and, and what division you're, you're kind of dealing with. But that's one that I, I will look at uh, pretty often in, in my brain. It's always like, yeah, this one's not getting manipulated. No one's checking the box with it. It, it, this one's a, a really clean, natural uh, set of data. So it, it's it's always an interesting one to look at, especially when you're trying to figure out strategy or you're trying to coach or maybe help someone um, because you know, I'm always very, very confident that that's, that's, that number is very clean. So, yeah. I like that one. Um, one that I have found indicative of my success now at the rep level was talk time. Which is something similar. Yeah, and so yeah. I was yeah, at a company. Yep, yep, yeah, the same thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so yep, it, yeah. I'm at a company, and every week you had a talk time. You had call metrics, which I, sorry, yeah. frankly ignored. I don't think volume mattered. But <laughs> because, yep. but oftentimes the people who had the longest uh, talk time that week, 
Yep. They were top performers because they're talking to people. They are in the active process of selling. And as a result, usually didn't hit the volume because they're having longer, more meaningful conversations. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I Mm -hmm. full heartedly agree. Drew, I don't want to overemphasize this, but Sheena's going to ask you the toughest sales question of your entire career. Yeah, get oh ready. Ooh, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Get a sip right, of water. Get your thinking cap on. <laughs> <laughs> so we ask all sales leaders that come on Reveal this one question. How would you describe sales in one word? Oh, man, that is tough. Right. <laughs> I like sales? that initial reaction that folks have. That's kind of my favorite. As yeah. much as the response itself is the like, oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it, it, it's a funny question, too, because you ask this and to everyone who comes on the show, I'm sure everyone gives you a different answer and there's a yeah. hundred different ways to describe it. But mm-hmm. I, I, I would say if I, if I drew it down to, 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 to one word, uh, I would, I would use the word process. Uh, I, I really would. Um, and I, 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 I hope when people listen to this, they don't, they don't hear and say, Oh, process. That, that makes it what are you we selling? We're not selling robots, right? No, but what process does is it's organization. When you're when you're when you're a sales rep, regardless of your field or inside, you're responsible for a number. You're responsible for a set of customers. You're responsible to help them and, and drive revenue, right? And you can't go into it willy nilly. You need to have a process of how you're going to uh, attack that and how you're going to service them. And and the process isn't just calling and calling and then going to your CRM and creating the opportunity or whatever. No, the process is end to end what you're going to do for a long period of time to continue to service them. And that encompasses technology that encompasses business acumen that encompasses pre-call planning. And frankly, it, it, it encompasses getting yourself better and growing the whole sales team is always process driven. And the way that you grow as a sales rep is through process as well. So I, I don't know if that's the best answer and it, it kind of does sound a little lame process, but I'm going to stick, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with process. How they do? Does that, does that line? It, 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 I, I don't know. I, that was that was a tough question. I, I overemphasized the question leading into it on purpose, just to kind of to tease you a little bit. Um, <laughs> but but I will stand by you firmly because I've often worked in s- small startups, like first few reps at a company, <laughs> and there is no process. And I'm the guy in the in the meeting, like you, you know, feeling kind of lame, where I'm like, guys, if we just documented this, we could be consistent. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> the last word consistency kind of strikes a chord, but no one, you know, sales reps just like to shoot from the hip, you know, if they can, if, if I know how to shoot from the hip, why would I take the time to like write yeah. all this down? Like that's Drew's job, I guess, yeah. uh, whatever, you know, whatever he's doing. Um, yeah. But I always got a lot of pleasure out of that because when I figured it out, I figured out, Hey, this is the way to uh, Mandalorian wordplay on accident. Yeah, well, yeah. This, is uh, this is the way yeah. to hold this type of conversation or, you know, actually we yeah. do need to be talking to this, this persona and here's how I'm really excited. I like writing that down so I can do it again and again. And then of course, then share it across the team. So all Mm -hmm. to say, don't feel bad about process. There's a, there's definitely a time and a place. And I think it's even like even more, um, you know, it's like perfect for field sales and this conversation that we're having, right. Having a process Mm -hmm. for highly complex sales is even more important. Um, so very, very fitting for the work that you do. Well, and just to round it out too, I mean, back to what I was saying in the beginning of the conversation is that when we transitioned, when everyone transitioned and, and we went to video and everyone thought that the sales process had to change, but it truly didn't. 
and, and, and that's why I, I'm really confident in it, not just 3M, but just everywhere around the world is that people kind of start to realize that we don't need to blow it up. We don't need to change everything. The process and, and the way we go about things, it, it can remain the same. Yeah, there's going to be adjustments. And yeah, maybe some of the, some of the ways we go about this process are going to change. But still that mission in the beginning of that I was saying of, of, of servicing customers and, and the process around that, continue to do that. And, and once you can accept that, the reality of, yeah, uh, I got my process. There's going to be a few tweaks here and there. That's, that's the money right there. And that's where you can kind of accept the reality and, and say, all right, I'm going to take this, this new world head on and I'm going to, I'm going to do video calling and I'm, I'm going to do my best and, 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 and chips will fall where they do. But if you stick to the process and what, what you, your business acumen and what you've done for so long and you adjust it to, to meet this new world, I think good things happen. And, and we've seen it, that's just a 3M uh, uh, across the across the world, and COVID's been a, or, or it's been a very rough year, and COVID's been tough. But that's the positive we take about it: is seeing people adapt and change, and uh, all that it makes me smile. So, thank you again, Drew. This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you again to 3M for all the work that they're doing in the world today. Uh, it's much appreciated by our entire audience. Um, so hopefully listeners took away some amazing tidbits for helping transition their field sales teams. And, and that's all thanks to you. Thank you guys. Uh, I, I think I, you know what, I think I'm going to go watch the newest episode of Mandalorian. You gotta, <laughs> I'm just going to go do it. So have a good one. All right, everyone. In every episode, we have a data breakout, a quick sidebar to look at the data. Nobody knows exactly what selling will look like after COVID. Will we go back to traditional field sales or will sales teams continue to operate virtually? Well, according to Gartner, 74% of companies plan to permanently shift to more remote work after COVID. That's huge. That means that even if your organization is planning on sending reps back into the field, there's a good chance that many buyers won't be working out of a traditional office. The skills needed to sell won't be an either-or proposition. Success in sales may require the ability to sell both in person and remotely. Stay tuned to the micro action at the end of the episode for tips to help your team flex to whatever the future may bring. Hey, Devin here. Can I make a super quick ask? I bet our VP of sales that we can get to 100 podcast reviews before Q1 ends. That's March 31st for us. It's a gentleman's wager for bragging rights because I love telling him I told you so. And we're already at 73 reviews. So I'm hoping you can help push us over the edge. All you have to do is take 27 seconds to give Reveal a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's that simple. I appreciate it, and thanks for the help. Did you like today's episode? Subscribe now so next week's episode will be waiting for you on Monday. And if you really like the podcast, please leave a review. Five-star reviews go a long way to help get the word out there. And if you're not ready to give a five, check out another episode and see if we've won you over by then. And if you have any feedback or you want us to interview one of your favorite revenue leaders, just email us at reveal at gong.io.